0: I've been DJing weddings this summer, started up a DJ business, also started up a fishing business, so you need to refer anybody. Don't refer me for the DJ thing, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, it's a lot of stress. The last one I DJed was a girl from Texas who grew up and her parents are like two-step-in family, serious deep Christian roots. That was her. He is from Zimbabwe
1: and
0: he lives in Texas, white youth. And he's a part of a biker gang. (laughs) No joke. I'm not lying. And all of his groomsmen were a part of the biker gang. They're called the Praetorians. And any song I played, it didn't matter. They all loved it, and they all kept walking by, like, you're an awesome DJ, good stuff, right? Tony was there. Tony helped me. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but I looked at the one guy, and I'm like, well, I wish you don't have to tell me that. I wish you would show me that and get on the dance floor, because no one danced. It was awful. And, like, I just started playing songs that the biker gang was requesting. We played, like, some death metal and Godsmack and stuff like that. And, like, still nobody, you know. They danced to one song, the bikers. They didn't even dance. danced to They got in the center. It was a Dropkick Murphy song called, uh... Kiss Me on yeah. me, me, Shelf, that's what it was called. And they actually got out on the floor and danced for that one. But it was more like a huddle, and drinks high, and screaming. Yeah, so yeah. I only mentioned that because I wanted really to mention, Jeff helped me out with another one. He's in the back. And uh, I, we did one, and we were doing it. And the groomsmen, I'm, not, I'm casting no judgment here, OK? Can I say that? No judgment. It was just the first wedding I had seen where the Boutonnieres were weed. Pops. Yeah. I hadn't seen that before. Have you guys seen that before? All right, Colorado weddings, man. The guys Boutonnieres were literally pot, and I was like, whoa, this is new. Anyway, Before, before they got to the reception, they smoked it. So, and then the reception was awesome. Like, we were amazing to everyone there. And, um, but they did this thing called the Turtle Dance. And when they said it, this is sometimes how I roll. They were like, yeah, we did this thing called the Turtle Dance, and it's to one of these songs by the doors. Does anybody know what the Turtle Dance is? Hmm. But I, of course, was like, oh, yeah, I've seen it before. And they're like, you have? And I was like, I have never seen it before. She said like... Like we play a song and the family, first of all, the family gets around and this love. They're like clapping and they're like, yeah. And then two by two, almost like you think they're gonna do some kind of like country dancing or something, they run out and they throw themselves on the floor. We're talking people 20 to 80. They throw themselves, doesn't matter, you gotta dress on. whatever, doesn't matter. You throw yourself on the floor and you lift your feet up in the air and shake them like this. And then everybody screams and then you go off and two more people come in. at you. This is totally bizarre. But like, they had a blast. It was an amazing moment. And I just wanted to share that with you because I feel like people's stories are so different and DJing and officiating, I get these random glimpses of people's stories. They're like, just sometimes don't add up and sometimes don't make sense, but it's like, ooh, this is a fun window to look through. But um, also with that, All of the stories that you guys send me, the feedback, the comments, everything you leave, thank you so much. The texts that come my way that say, oh, man, that talk, and what you said here, boom. I love it. I love it. It's been so wonderful hearing all of that. It's so encouraging for me to hear that, and then to be able to build upon it and keep taking it places. And I'm going to throw in something at the end of the night about that. But um, I just wanted to quickly bring us up to speed. This is going to have some slides on it. By no means do you have to look that way or adjust yourself. But since the beginning of MTL this year, this is the third one, we've been talking about exteriors and interiors, that there are two parts to you. And that here we kind of get lopsided sometimes with the exterior part of ourselves. But there is this interior part. Call it whatever you want to spirit, soul, heart, center. Um, my ground of being. Whatever that is, it's in you, it's real. It's a little bit less real sometimes people feel like because you can't touch it, you can't access it as good, you can't manipulate it and control it as much as you would want to. But exteriors and interiors are important. It's not an either-or kind of situation. It's a both-and. You are both. And we talked about living a healthy life, and healthy is a balance. You're giving time to your exteriors (laughs) and your interiors. And since we're kind of lopsided with exteriors, More Life is going to talk about adventuring inward. What does it look like to play around with those interiors? What does it look like to kind of dig beneath the surface and talk about those? And those interiors are a bit mysterious, is what we talked about last time. We talked about this idea that, like, we live in a world where machines deliver us fast, Greater results than we've ever had before. I've always talked about how the iPhone is like a conversation killer because we used to take trips with students and it would be like, How long does an ant live? And people would be like, Days. And then people would be like, no months, not years. And once the iPhone came out, we didn't get to have that conversation. You <laughs> were like, I don't know. Siri, how long does an ant live? Bam, conversation <laughs> over. And it was no fun. But like, we have these results delivered to us so fast. And then we approach our heart. As if it behaves like a machine as if there's a switch or there's a button to push and we think oh I need courage I'm gonna walk onto the stage and flip the switch or I really am having a hard time forgiving that person I'm just gonna push the button and it'll be done and so like I put up this image of like a heart that's hardwired to say "No, no no this isn't how our heart works and last time we talked more about your heart behaving like a seed. And we talked about the idea that like you can sow seeds and you can put in hard work and then something mysteriously happens under the ground and you have no clue when it's going on or how it's going on or if it's going on. Sometimes you plant seeds and the thing that you wanted to grow doesn't even grow. And maybe you've planted lots of seeds and something else grows instead and that can be difficult to deal with. But we talked about the mystery, the unpredictability of growth in the heart hopefully is a way to approach your heart so you don't get as frustrated when you think it's a button and you can say no It's more like a seed. It's more like growing something. It's more like planting something And So now I can approach my heart my interior space in a different kind of way hmm. Not the best picture not the picture just a picture right because the heart's mysterious We don't totally get how it does work So with that said that brings us here tonight I'm gonna try and give some more language to your interior space just a little bit and before we go there I just want to talk a little bit more about this word because the first week I wrote this word up here and I think it's a good word it should be up here every time because this is our natural state becoming we're in constant motion constant change like I've heard people say the only one true thing is that life is going to change like transition and if you've lived at all which I'm assuming you have you get that life is changing that's moving that there's a flow to this and that it's constantly going somewhere now you do have to look at the screen for this because I wanted to show you some of that flow some of that change, somewhat of that So, this is me. I don't know if you can recognize that or not. It is the year 1990, 1991. That's how I signed my signature. I, it's not the same, is it? It's still flowing. I've done, I read a book once and talked about handwriting, and apparently I'm off but I'm not. I can just tell you right now. But anyway, 1991, there's me, middle school. I believe that's seventh grade. Yep, seventh grade. That's what it was. I'm just overwhelmed, I love change. Death. one year goes by. I picked this portion of life, by the way, because this is where you see some drastic change, right? Yeah? Most of us past 20, we're almost stuck exteriorly, it seems like. You know, and it happens slowly. But this period, man, we get some fast changes. Freshman in high school, yeah! Yeah, boy, look at that signature, it's awful. All right, let's keep going. Sophomore year, hair parted down the middle, done right. J. Crew hoodie. Come on now, we're advancing, we're changing. Now this is perhaps the biggest leap. Do you know what happens between sophomore and junior year? Uh, Girls, you grow a beard. I, <laughs> no, that was sixth grade, <laughs> man. Um, good. Turning 16 was happening this year. So this means parents brought me to registration, that's where this picture was taken. Next year, I drove myself, (laughs) right? Next year I drove myself, I woke up late, I did my thing, right? Right, let's go back, because
1: I do like this one,
0: boom! Sophomore, 15, (laughs) (laughs) drove myself, woke up late, didn't shave, didn't care, <laughs> all of that stuff, right? And then see your year you're ready for this one because it might as well be a mugshot. Boom. <laughs> now, serious growth and change happens throughout your life. You're in constant motion, you're becoming, you're moving, there's a flow, change is happening. And what's amazing is that your heart is there along for the ride. You might think it's just your physical body, your exterior self, but I told you it's not an either-or kind of formula. It's a both-and. Your heart is there. Your heart is experiencing your story, your life, and your heart is along for the ride. We're going to talk about seasons tonight. I think it's a really cool word that implies that growth, that change, that inevitable, unavoidable kind of part of life that comes. They come and they go. There's like some that have a set time and determined length. There's others that like just end without notice or they seem to stretch on forever. Right? You're not totally sure which one it's going to be. There's some that are triggered by tradition. Like in our family, Silas turned 13 last year. High five. And with that, we threw him a not mitzvah. (laughs) because we're not Jewish. And we thought, hey, let's create a tradition. Our boys, since we've got three of them, they're going to have to go through when they turn 13. So at 13, here's the tradition. This thing's going to happen for you. Sometimes seasons in your life are cued by spontaneous life events. You're hired for a new job. You're fired from a job. Who knows? Spontaneous things happen, and suddenly you find yourself leaving one season, and entering a new one. What I can say about seasons is this. They're new territory. New territory, just the phrase alone, new, implies that it's different. It's unknown. It's uncertain. It's unfamiliar. When I hear the word unfamiliar, I think of uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, there's so much about new territory that makes us nervous. And so we desperately try to hang on and say, no, 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 no. We don't need a new season. Like, we can hang on to this one. Nothing has to change. Let's not disrupt the norm. Let's not rock the boat. So we dig our heels in and we try to prevent what would be considered inevitable, which is change. Something's coming. Something different's happening. It's new territory. Now, with new territory, there's a letting go that always happens with seasons. Seasons are essentially like a beginning and an end. Right, it's both. It's that package. It's that strange, weird place that most of us don't even appreciate or like, because it's a beginning and an ending. It's it's like it's what was and it's what's next. And you find yourself in a very difficult, sometimes precarious place. All change involves some sort of loss because you're leaving something or somewhere. So there's this loss that happens, and anytime there's loss there's grief sometimes we move from transitions so smoothly we never grieve the loss and then you find it surfacing in weird ways in your life or like years later and it's crazy how it comes out but I want you to get this stuck in your head all change involves the loss which involves the grief and Silas is not but he was turning 13 and it's awesome it's like, you're 13. And we gave him a big thing of chest hair and a mustache. And like, we even tried to embarrass him a little bit. It was fun. But it's exciting. But Ann and I, at least we were leading up to it. We were picking out pictures. And we were reading these letters that people wrote for him. And we were trying to talk about it. We found ourselves crying a lot. And we couldn't put our head away. How do you wrap your head around it? What, what's going on? This is supposed to be awesome. This is supposed to be exciting, and it was, but there was also a loss happening there. There was like this grieving process that was saying, Man, you're you're not a kid anymore. You're like growing up, you're getting old, you have different responses. You know, it's both and it's like this weird, interesting place, this letting go. Lincoln just had this thing at breck Gill, it was awesome. It's called a wax museum. And so all the students in fourth grade had to pick a hero learn about the hero, memorize a monologue, create a backdrop, and then they put buttons on their backdrop, and we went to school for like an hour, hour and a half. In all these different rooms, fourth graders were standing there like this. And you went up and you pushed their button, and then they started their monologue. It was a wax museum, right? Characters. What? Yeah, they were dressed in costumes. Yeah, yeah. It totally fit, right? Sorry. <laughs> I left that part out. But um, what I found interesting walking around was they kind of highlighted the seasons of that hero's life, right? They picked all of the endings and beginnings and really talked about those. And what I was fascinated by was how many of those heroes had such hard seasons. Like, the kids were straight up ready to tell you about it. Well, that person died and he got sent to jail and this kid, and he like didn't have anything, I mean like it was crazy, hard seasons of life there's this other letting go that happens with seasons and it's a little bit different and we're going to talk about that tonight because I feel like that's something I'm in the middle of and I thought maybe you would enjoy hearing about it like There's another letting go, and it's this letting go of the notion of the good life. It's the idea that everything will go your way, or that no pain or no struggle is the best life. And so you find yourself in a season, and suddenly, like, it's hard. And so there's this letting go that you have to embrace that says, you know what, it might not go the way I want it to this might play out differently and in fact maybe that notion of a perfect life man maybe that doesn't exist I have a friend in the room who says uh, I'm close this I see everybody like bundling it up I'm going through like sweating uh, friend in the room says like it's not a question if you'll get a shit sandwich it's like when right like that's like it's inevitable hard seasons of life I've been officiating a lot of weddings like I told you about a lot of scripts I've written like a bunch of them right without fail the winning wedding script is I talk about story and I talk about that we've got two people standing in front of us and they're going to join together and they're going to author and create one story now here's the fun part about their story that it's going to be filled with obstacles that they have to overcome it's going to be filled with struggle it's going to be filled with loss it's going to be filled with joy and happiness and amazing things but it's also going to be filled with these things and that's going to make their story and so I send all these scripts to these like people and I'm more surprised when they write back that's the one we want that's the one we want the one that talks about what a good life really is. So, instead of talking about seasons, they could be the birth of a dream. They could also be the death of a dream, right? So not to bring us all down, but to talk about the death of a dream, right? Because the birth of a dream is pretty dang exciting, and it doesn't make a transition necessarily hard sometimes. It, like, Opens up possibility, but there's this other letting go, and there's this death of a dream. That's what I call it. For a long time, Ian and I wanted a Volvo, and we didn't just want any Volvo. We wanted a used one, an old one, because we knew that if you can find the right Volvo, there's a seated back that pops up, and you get to sit facing backwards. <laughs> that's the Volvo we wanted. And so, like, we spent time researching and looking. And if you're gonna find this Volvo, it's easily gonna be over two hundred thousand watts, You know, like. just gotta deal with it. We found one on Craigslist, and we went and drove one, and then we were like, no, that one's pretty crazy, and I felt like I could see through the floor and things were (laughs) happening. Then we found another one on Craigslist, and we went down and we drove it, and yeah, it was a little, eh, it had some issues, but we were like, yes, and I looked at Anne, and she's like, i want to do it. Can I back up? This is more her dream than mine. (laughs) Okay, so with that said, moving forward. (laughs) Moving forward. I was like really hesitant about this car. I didn't totally do it. Yet. I felt like there were issues. She was like, no, it's good. It. And we needed a second car. We were moving into the second car kind of thing. Um, we'd had a Prius for like years and we were stunting our kids' growth, like all three of them. It was like clown car was bad. Second car is necessary. Here we go, Volvo. We pay this guy for it. We sign everything. We drive away. Two blocks. Car dies. It can't get it started. <laughs> cannot get the thing started. She called me because I had already pulled away. I came back. I got in the car, got started. We drove to the gas station. We filled it up. It's like shaking. It's awful. Fine. So then we, she's like, Well, let's just drive it home. We start driving up. I'm driving it now. It was supposed to be her car. And then we're going up the mountain. And I was like, Babe, I called her. And I was like, We got to get this to like a oh, dealership. We got to like get this thing in. Let's just get it checked out. Just bought it, too.
1: <laughs>
0: we take it to the Volvo dealership. The guy looks at it for a while. I get on the phone, phone and I'm like, Doug, just tell me man. We just got this car. Do I put money into it, or do I trade it in another dealership? And he's like, trade this thing? You do not want this car. Bam, death dream. <laughs> we had to go through it, feel it. It was not fun. It was kind of ugly. And then we just let go of it. And we will never be purchasing a Volvo with rear-facing seats in the back. It's not going to happen for us. We also had a girl's name picked out. The name was Gates. Gates Gallagher was going to be the name, people. Didn't have a girl. Bam, death of a dream. Um, (laughs) You have these periods in life. And sometimes we can laugh at them that easily. Sometimes they go a little deeper, though. Those deaths of a dream. Sometimes those depths of dreams are, are like all interrelated and combined and connected to friends and, and family or your savings account or a spouse or your career or expectations. Um, when we moved here, we started up a group with people. We called it the marriage group because we were young, no kids, and we were married, and we started it up with these people, and we, we overlapped our lives in such a large, significant way and as time went on, that overlap was happening less and less and less, until finally we all just admitted, like, it's over. <laughs> and, and still to this day, like, I mean, I feel like Ian and I and like all the members of that group have done a decent job of trying to let that go and grieve it, but you still feel it poke up every now and then. Because we thought our lives were going to be intertwined until the very end, and it just didn't work out I feel like as you go through these seasons, if you're highly attuned to your heart or listening to your heart, it's not about getting it right. It's not about figuring out the answers. It's not about figuring out how to avoid seasons or to not necessarily have hard seasons. I feel like if you listen closely enough, that you'll find your heart saying one word. Write it on the board. Anticipation. (laughs) This is the word we're gonna talk about for the rest of tonight and next time. With I feel like the highest goal that your heart desires is what I would call proper or right relationship. It's not to get your life right like it's a video game and there's a perfect way to play it. It's actually just about living with yourself, with other people, in a right kind of way. In a way that brings you life, brings them life. There's this um, Christian tradition which I grew up in. And uh, right away at the beginning of the Bible, there's this part where it talks about God creating a person naming the person out, and then God saying, it's not good that you're alone. And then God creates another person. And I've seen that passage hijacked in all kinds of ways. And like, used to support that, used to support this. When I read that, right away what I get is that God acknowledges that this word is essentially written across your heart. That this is something you need and because of that, you're not supposed to be alone. You're actually supposed to be with. That's an important part of your interior space. Is width. That's really all I kind of grab out of that passage. Is this idea of width. At these wedding times, people say wedding vows. I brought a ball of those things, and we got in the mail <laughs> from the dealership. They're still sending us stuff like we haven't. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, brutal. Every wedding I've done this summer, they have vows. I promise that I will be your husband from this day forward, to be faithful and honest in every way, to honor the faith and trust you place in me, to love and respect you in your successes and in your failures, to make you laugh and to be there when you cry to care for you in sickness and in health, to comfort you when you're hurting, to be your companion and friend in this beautiful life that we make together. I carry, take you, Curtis, to be your partner in life and share your path, equal in love, promising to honor and cherish you through good times and bad, until death do us part. I'm proud to marry you this day, Brittany. I promise to love you without reservation. I will comfort you in times of distress, encourage you to achieve all of your goals, laugh with you and cry with you, grow with you in mind and spirit, and always be open and honest with you. I give you myself to completely secu- to you, completely secure in the knowledge that you will be my constant friend, my faithful partner in life, and my one true love. I will cherish you for as long as we both shall live. It's interesting, because every wedding I've done, we've actually skipped parts. We've said, ah, no, we're not exchanging rings. But, oh my God, we're doing vows, fuck. <laughs> they always have some version of richer, poor, better, worse, sickness and health, forever. All of these words in there. From spouses, to parents, to siblings, to friends, to co-workers, to the community, you possess a need of togetherness. You have a need for connection. You have a desire to be known you have this word built into your heart it's there is it with one person sure is it with many sure it's there that with is a part of you you have that hardwired in you're meant to go through seasons and they're meant to be good and they're meant to be they're like all of the mixture the broad spectrum, but you're meant to go through seasons with, with, you know? I only talk about
1: weddings and vows because that's where I've been, like every week, all summer long.
0: I had a best friend growing up. His name was Tyler. Love that. Out your story in your life. And those widths change, don't they? For a while in our story, one of my widths was this Mary's group. That season ended. And with became different people and different groups. People can't make everything better for you. <laughs> I wish they could. Like, I literally wish that. People can't give you the good life. If you could, every parent in the world (laughs) would be providing that somehow. Because I quickly found out that one of the things that, like, you get to do as a parent is watch your kids' hearts break. And so, with that said, seasons might break your heart. However, what you have is other people to do. You have that possibility. You have that potential. You have that. Um, my sister in law has gone through AA. I love the program. I think it's amazing. In fact, like, I'll sign every one of you like, up. <laughs> and at one point, when I was doing their wedding, they were like, Here, you need to read the big book. And I was like, Oh, it is a big book. And like, that's what they call it, right? And like, they have all these different things in it. And looked at me and she's like, We should do these. Started reading them and I was like I don't think I'm ready shoot like they're hard stuff AA though sets you up with a sponsor they say you know what you're gonna be going through a lot you're gonna have ups and downs who knows what the next year of your life is gonna look like but you need to have a sponsor who you can call so you can confide in them you can talk to them And you can be with them because this is going to take more than you. Like it's going to take you and another, someone else, be there. And then they don't even then it's like get to the meetings, like come to the meetings so you can be with a group of people, right? So you can hear their stories and you can engage like who they are and you can be with them on a bigger scale. Don't go through this season of your life alone don't do it. Have a sponsor. Have a group. Be known. Share your story. I have a quick paraphrase of a Buddhist Zen parable that I want to tell you, because I think it's awesome. And it's all about this woman who had a child, and when that child learned to walk, that child drowned. And she was so overcome with grief that she just couldn't live life. And so she went to everyone in her village, and she said, I need someone to bring my child back to life. And everywhere she went, they said, we can't do it. And then she went to this one house, though, and this guy said, but I know who can. There's a teacher way up on the hill. Go see him, and he can help you. And so she took her child swallowed her child to herself with this material and traveled with her child she got up there and she explained her story and the man looked at her and he was so overcome by her story and her grief and he said I can help you I can do it what I'm going to need is four mustard seeds and I need you to get these seeds from a family who has not experienced the death and grief that you feel he said once you find those mustard seeds bring them back to me and I'll bring your child back to life So this woman took off on a journey and she visited village after village and house after house and family after family. And everywhere she went, someone in that family had experienced that kind of grief and that kind of loss. And as she went place to place to place, she shared her story and they shared theirs. And over time, after about two years, she was able to bury her child and live. She never went back to see the man on the hill. There's this idea that when we're with one another, that the magic really happens. Somewhere in there, this word allows us to connect and be present with one another in ways that is truly mysterious and magical for your interior space and your heart. There's a healing that can occur. So this word isn't just about you. This word is actually about other people too. It's not just about you. It's a both kind of equation going on. I think it's encouraging to know that we can embrace a reality where we can live less than perfect lives. They can be fractured lives. can be disappointed lives, they can be lives in pieces, but when we live them with one another we can discover a peace and a joy that's beyond those circumstances your life has a story it has seasons your heart is going to experience all of that I want you to listen to your heart because your heart will tell you this you're not alone you're not alone nor are you meant to be. Seasons come and seasons go, and in the midst of such change, endings and new beginnings, and the grief of letting go, may you be able to find peace and joy and contentment in this word, with. Now I have one thing to close us with, because always at the end, I always try and read something that's kind of like a promise or a prayer or something for you to take with. Until we meet again next time. Um, I sent out this reading a while ago, and I have to even preface a little intro with it. This is written by a Christian woman, and she has her very own style of writing, so sometimes it gets a little thick. My mom was like, "You gotta read your book." I picked it up, and I was like, "I can't read this," and, <laughs> but it was just so thick. And um, but anyway, you can read out different things. And she sent out this email because she had a new book coming out. So I've taken it and I've highlighted some of the parts to make it less dense, right? So it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, the other thing is she wrote this in our political climate. So we have an election going on. It's getting people all riled up. We have shootings happening that are getting all kinds of people riled up. We have huge chasms of division going on. And so she wrote this. And I felt like it really fit with this word, and I feel like it'll help sometimes when you're going through a hard season, when you're going through a hard, difficult season. Here we go. This is the moment we all need each other, the moment that I need you. This is the moment we look at each other and say we need each other, and maybe there's a better way forward. What do we do with pain we can't contain? Is the worst human emotion feeling alone? Feeling like no one understands us? Maybe that's what overwhelms us the most. What I do know is this. Your unspoken broken will break you unless you release it, unless you speak it. What I do know is this. We all carry around unspoken brokens, and they will break us unless we reach out. The summer I turned 40, I felt a whole new kind of broken. Turns out what can happen when you're halfway through your life is you wonder if you've found a truly meaningful way through your life. What can happen is you would give nearly everything for more time just to get more right and less wrong. But you can change. You can change into someone who's begun embracing a love so large that it breaks your heart all over again into a thousand pieces and surprises you by longing to meet the world's suffering with your own pieces because you know that wounds can heal wounds. You find out that your heart is exploding and love and suffering are kin in ways that you might not want to admit. Maybe instead of trying to put all the broken pieces of your life back together again, maybe there's a deeper piece in reaching out to give those broken pieces to others. What if life is ultimately about living broken and given, taking everything as grace, giving thanks for it, and then being broken and given. There's nothing we need to know more than how to live with our own broken hearts. How do you live with your unspoken broken? What is an honest answer to suffering in a broken world? What matters more than just figuring it all out? The author says she found herself. She found herself opening up her front door and letting in the broken the homeless the abandoned and seeing herself in them she traced her own scars and the scars she kept making she sat with brokenness under her own roof and she began to believe that brokenness is always the best beginning she said i began to embrace it in startling ways sitting sitting with my brokenness is how wholeness This is the one thing I kept fiercely doing. I didn't turn away from brokenness. I kept choosing to live the most authentic, transformative way I knew. I chose to live given. Giving thanks, being broken, and giving any piece of myself to someone else. Sometimes you need other people to be your eyes and ears, to hear your own heart in ways that you can. Anxiety and fear can make you blind to the abundance being made out of your brokenness. The world's more than a bit broken with fear and shootings and anger and blood in the streets and horror on children's faces. This is the moment we truly all need each other. This is the moment I need you and maybe you need me and together we can move deeper into who we're meant to be. This is the moment we could together dare to take the broken way of life and believe that it leads to the abundance that we all desperately need right now. What does not matter right now is labels and rhetoric and loud arguing. What matters is that we love each other beyond labels, that we sacrifice for each other regardless of differences, that we live broken and give right into the brokenness with the bits and pieces of ourselves. We can be polarized by differences or be characterized by living given, can debate about the national dialogue, or we can engage in neighborly dialogue, listening well, hearing better, and being kind always. Right now is the time we need not be afraid of broken things. Now is the time we can dare to maybe take a deeply more meaningful, powerful, transformative way, a broken way. Amen. I wanted to throw out to you guys, since this has been a severely uplifting talk, um am trying to always break the mood, right? I don't want to manipulate people's emotions. But like, there's a truth to this. There's a truth, you know, that you go through hard seasons and that you desperately need to begin to understand this word. Uh, I made a plug weeks ago when we started that we're going to have something called shared stories. It's coming. I just want to keep putting it out there for It'll be something you can sign up for, but it'll probably be groups of like five people. And we'll determine all of that as it comes up because we all get freaked out. But there's something about being able to share your story. Like it's for you and it's for someone else. And so we're going to have something called shared stories experience where we have some groups who literally look at their life like Lincoln did in the Wax Museum and say, here are the seasons of my life. Here's the beginnings, the endings, the in-between. Here's what it looks like. Here's my life in a nutshell, and I share it with someone or a small group of people. And then I get to listen to someone else do that as well. I believe there's extremely important, interesting things that happen when that goes on. So just another plug. It'll be coming. We'll let you know when it's going to happen. The other plug I want to make is this. Next Tuesday, whoa. Yeah. So we normally meet every other week. Next Tuesday, I've heard from some people that they would like to talk about the talks, right? So next Tuesday, at the Gallagher House, we'll have some dessert. Same time, different place. Not optional, right? No <laughs> We're not adding another thing to your plate. Not optional? But Oh, that's right So everybody else just gave me this look and you like said, What? That's perfect. I can't put this many people in my house. Yeah, true. true. It's totally optional. It's 100% optional. So, if you would like to talk about the talks. One, two, or three. What we've been talking about interiors and seeds and seasons you want to get together we're actually going to post some questions on the blog later this week that will kind of help guide that conversation but next Tuesday same time different place Gallagher's house um, we're gonna have dessert and talk about the talks if you have stories if you have personal experience um, if you have anything that you wanted to contribute or ask questions that's the space that we're going to create for that next Tuesday that might happen every now and then as we gain some momentum and then people can be like ooh I've got some stuff And I know some of you do because you've been sharing it with me It would be awesome to hear that spoken out loud. Anyway, those are my two plugs. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for showing up and just listening and hearing this. I hope you take it. I hope it's, like, good. I hope it's beneficial. I hope it gives you some language to kind of put to that interior space that I like to call the heart. And, And be able to kind of play around with that space a little bit. Experiment with it. And just dig a little deeper your daily life. Anybody have any questions before we have some dessert, coffee, you guys say hey to each other and throw hugs around? What? No? Nobody? Alright, sweet. Well, we're ending four minutes early. We did it. Anyway, I'll play some music and thank you guys. We will see you in about two weeks unless you come to the talk about the talk. (laughs) Alright?
1: See you guys later. Don't forget to sign up for information if you want to get updates. Yeah. Stay with me.